Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, July the 27th, 2023, getting towards the end of July. It's been a little bit of a, a World War II kind of month. Uh, a few months ago, uh, we had the um, the British historian Richard Overy on the show asking whether the Second World War had ended yet. It certainly hasn't ended on this show. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show with Evan Thomas on the end of World War uh, end of World War II. He has a new book out, uh, Road to Surrender. We've of course done. Lots of shows on uh, Oppenheimer and the meaning of the dropping of the atomic weapon, two uh, atomic bombs on, on Japan to end the war. And then earlier today, uh, we did a show with Lena Andrews, Valiant Women, the Extraordinary American Service Women Who Helped Win World War II, about female American female contribution. We've also done shows on uh, the contribution of black American soldiers to the war, a disgraceful episode in American history where they were neither recognized and profoundly discriminated against. We haven't, however, done a show on Native Americans in World War II, and that's changing today. Everyone knows Ira Hayes. Uh, he's famous for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the iconic Joe Rosenthal photo of the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima, a very famous photo of the great Ira Hayes, and also the equally great um, American musician Johnny Cash wrote the ballad of Ira Hayes, which began, uh, Ira Hayes, Ira Hayes, call him drunken Ira Hayes, he won't answer anymore, not the whiskey drinking Indian or the Marine that went to war, one of the great masterpieces of American pop music. Uh, and now we have, in addition to all this, a major new biography of Ira Hayes, the Akamai Oda Warrior, World War II and the Price of Heroism by Tom Holm, who has taught his whole career uh, uh, in Arizona. And he's joining us from Tucson. Uh, Tom, congratulations on the new book on Ira Hayes. Thank Tell you. us a little bit about the man. I mean, of course, he's famous for that photograph. He's famous for the Tom, for, for, for the Johnny Cash song. But you focus on the man himself who tends to be misunderstood or simply ignored in all, all the narratives of one kind or another. Well, I think what what happened more more than anything with uh, with Ira was that he he fit uh, several American uh, uh, stereotypes. Uh, that of uh, that of a kind of iconic sort of uh, 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 Indian warrior uh, at one point, and then later on uh, the, this uh, drunken Indian uh, uh, trope, and uh, and he he was neither, and uh, he was uh, uh, he was an Akamel Otham from uh, from uh, Baptool and uh, from Sacaton, Arizona, on the reservation, and uh, uh, and was was raised raised there and went to uh, a Presbyterian school and also to uh, Phoenix Indian School and he was also in the uh, uh, 
the Civilian Conservation Corps, the Indian Division, as it, as it was called. Uh, the uh, American Indian troops, uh, in, especially in the Marine Corps, were, were uh, fully integrated. And there was a, uh, a Navajo uh, code talker uh, uh, group in the, uh, in the Signal Corps. Uh, but Ira, uh, he was, uh, he, he'd, he's been depicted in, uh, in a movie uh, starring Tony Curtis, was, I think it was 61, that uh, he was kind of a bumbling, uh, stumbling uh, kind of guy who had to have a white man uh, get him through uh, boot camp, uh, when actually he was, he was uh, a very good, good Marine, solid Marine, and, and he, uh, uh, graduated from boot camp and then went on to uh, an elite uh, parachute uh, school unit. And uh, later on, that was he he fought through uh, Bougainville uh, on it, with that with uh, the the uh, uh, first uh, parachute uh, regiment. And uh, then it was disbanded, and he uh, was uh, one of the uh, people who was sent to uh, form. The Fifth Marine Division, which was in the initial landing on uh, Iwo Jima in 1945. Uh, um, you mentioned yeah. um, that he wasn't discriminated against in the way in which um, black soldiers, Matthew Delmar, yeah, that were, were there any? Was he treated in the same way as uh, all the other white soldiers in in the army? It was it it was a it's a different thing, and of course it, it goes on. Uh, to this day, is that um, there's there's an idea or a, a, a it's more of a stereotype. I always called it the the Indian Scout syndrome, uh, where people th think that you are able just because you're you're uh, you're indigenous uh, that you can uh, I don't know it it comes from the old leather stocking tales from years and years ago. Uh, that you can uh, read read signs and tell what's uh, coming through by a broken leaf or something like that. Uh, that uh, in Vietnam, uh, I talked to a bunch of guys who were at, who were told to walk point simply because they were Indians and they could somehow you know uh, uh, feel or uh, detect, I suppose, the enemy uh, with you know, before whites could do that. So that was a kind of a stereotype that, that, uh, that uh, uh, carried on through, through several. How, how destructive, Tom, was this stereotype? Was it, um, was it demoralizing, demeaning, or did, I, I, did soldiers yeah. like uh, Ira Hayes, did they even notice it? I, I assume it wasn't that different from the way they were treated outside the army. Oh, well, it was a little bit different than what they were treated outside. Of course, in Arizona, uh, uh, Indian people couldn't couldn't even vote until mm. uh, 1948. Uh, there was a good deal of discrimination within. Uh, but uh, he got called chief and <laughs> and, and um, uh, chief and and, uh, you know, various various kinds of things uh, just to uh, denote that he was an other. Uh, and uh, and we're probably given assignments that that were that met a stereotype here and there. Uh, but he was he was actually a, a, a real uh, solid uh, 
kind of Marine. And, and in many ways, he, he probably, you know, looking back on it, probably should have stayed in. Uh, so his, his, he was a regular Marine, no yes. doubt heroic, brave and all the rest of it. Yeah. I, and then I believe so. came this, this iconic photo that changed and probably in many ways ruined his life. T tell us about how he got in this photo, this Rosenthal photo. Well, there were there were two uh, there were two uh, kind of scouting trips that went up Mount Suribachi on uh, on Iwo Jima on Iwo Jima, and uh, he was actually in the second one that that went up that was with uh, with uh, Rene uh, Gagnon uh, to that who carried the second flag, which was a much bigger flag. Uh, than the first one that went up, and uh, uh, what happened was that they, uh, he, he, and a uh, uh, man named Franklin socially uh, were told to find some kind of a pole or something, and they scouted around there and found a, a different a different pole, and uh, brought it up, and then and then uh, five others uh, helped push it into uh, into. Uh, uh, into an upright position and that's what you see in the photograph it's about three quarters of the way up and uh and rosenthal just kind of turned and snapped the picture uh you know just after he was after somebody well, said, why in your view is the picture become so iconic was it is it a great i mean we we all just i uh, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to analyze it because it it's seen now iconically but is it a great photo? Is it a bit of luck, or, or is it just a photo that's become great for no coherent reason? Well, I, you know, I, it, it's one of those kinds of things that it was taken on the spur of the moment, but at the same time, uh, the, uh, I, it, it, it is a really, it, it, it looks as if it was, uh, it was actually posed. It, it, it's a. Uh, it did so many things because all of the figures in it in there are kind of anonymous. Uh, they uh, and uh, it reflected uh, uh, something too that that I think that Americans at the time were uh, were thinking about, and that was it. It, it kind of it it, it had a uh, it it had it was symbolic of victory. Here's the flag going up and. Uh, and, and this sort of thing on, on this. Uh... Yeah, I just came back from Gettysburg. I was there a couple of weeks ago, Tom. Mm. And it, you know, the imagery, which of course now is represented in Arlington Cemetery, it has that civil war quality when war really was war in contrast with the mechanized nature of war in the 21st century. Right. Yeah. And, and it does. It looked like uh, the anonymous, uh, the anonymous bunch of Marines and their, uh, struggling to to uh, for victory, and they're putting up the flag on Mount Suribachi as if it was captured. So, how many people? So, so how many? Uh, let, let's get the photo back up on the screen. Um, how many? Uh, so, so there are four servicemen in the photo. There are actually six. Six. We well, can only really see for. But tell me about those six, and why does why does Ira Hayes become so famous as just okay. one of those six? Well, he was the he all right. One, he was the last guy in the in the photograph, 
uh, and his his hand doesn't quite uh, touch the the pole in the picture, and uh, so that's that's kind of in a way that's that's sort of symbolic in that he's he's uh, he's actually striving to to touch the pole, but at the same time he's not. Now there was a good deal of. Uh, so uh, he's the guy right at the back of the photo. Yes, sir. Yeah, he he's sure the is. last man. Right, right at the back, and he's got his poncho. Um, uh, actually stuffed in his in his belt there you can see it on yeah i mean in a way you could also interpret it as he's raising his fist for victory although that's uh, okay. i guess you could but yeah that's uh you get a close-up of it though his fingers are extended but um he later after the pole is up he comes he comes up and it's seen in in uh, uh bill ganast's um uh uh movie actually uh, film of the uh, of the flag raising he took it at the same time and you can see ira coming up and then putting his weight on the pole so as to keep it down uh, mm. in the uh, in the uh, uh, so it, it's you know he was part of that the main thing about it is that the six people were actually uh, misidentified except for four of them uh, three were killed: Mike Strank, uh, Franklin Sosley, and uh, uh, let's see, uh, and Harlan Block were killed on uh, later on in in, uh, in the uh, in the battle, uh, and um, they they left out. They they didn't know about it. Uh, a guy named uh, uh, Schultz and another Marine by the name of Keller. Uh, those two guys were not known. Now, the way they did it was that they they got hold of uh, Rene Gagnon, who brought the flag up on Sarabachi, and uh, they asked him who were who was in it. Well, it turns out that uh, he gave the wrong answers all the way through. Yeah, well, except, that's not hardly surprising. So, uh, except except for Ira, he, he right. got that. Oh, so one. Ira was the only one who was correctly identified. Yeah, except for the three guys who were killed. How, how, what was the time? So, how long was it between the taking of Iwo Jima and the bombing of Nagasaki? Two or three months? Uh, it was uh, the, the, the battle, or Iwo Jima was declared uh, secured in March of 45. So, the bombings didn't take place until uh, August. And then Iwo Jima was seen as this incredible sacrifice of American soldiers. Is that fair? Right. Enormous casualties and, and oh, yeah. yet also a huge victory. Yes, yes. They, they, and it was, uh, it was all, uh, it, it turned out the way that, that is that the uh, airfields, and that's what uh, the taking of the, of the island was supposed to be about, was the, was the uh, constructed airfields uh, that could land these uh, these uh, B-29 bombers that were uh, that were uh, uh, shot or shot up or something like that that you could uh, did, did Hayes uh, and I want to get back to the immediate aftermath of the photo but mm -hmm. did Hayes ever express his opinion on the dropping of the bomb not that I know of uh, he was uh, he had he had been thrown off uh, the uh, uh, the tour of that was made by three uh, 
uh, Jack Bradley and uh, Rene Gagnon and, and Ira were sent out on a tour to, for war bond, the seventh, uh, as they called it, the mighty seventh uh, war bond uh, drive. They were, those three were sent out. And of course, of course, uh, Rene and Jack were not actually uh, one of the flag raisers. And Ira didn't say anything because one, Rene had, uh, was about to get married and he wanted to go home. <laughs> Don't blame him. And um, he, uh, so he didn't say anything about him. And he didn't say anything about Bradley either because Bradley had been wounded really badly. And so he wanted, you know, Ira wasn't going to. And, and, and this was a battle that took huge casualties. I mean, how yeah. many, how many in the group uh, were killed in the taking? Seven, uh, right at 7,000 uh, 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 were killed. Uh, but that's, I mean, the Japanese side lost about 23,000. Right, so it's symbolic of the brutal war uh, on oh, the islands. Yeah. So then what? So he's in this photo, and then how does he become this iconic figure? Well, the war bond tour, for one thing. And uh, then what happens is that uh, largely due to his uh, post-traumatic stress, he goes from job to job to job, and... Uh, and uh, He's in the papers all the time, uh, and what it seems to be is the this kind of an exploitation of uh, of a uh, of a war hero um, uh, in decline, uh, and it uh, it part of it because he's he's native, and the stereotypes come out and and, and this sort of thing. Is the is the cash song then about him returning as a hero, celebrated through the land, and then cash sings he was wined and speeched and honored. Everyone shook his hand. He was just a Pima Indian, no water, no home, no chance. Is that too simplistic, or is there some basic truth to that? Well, it's pretty simplistic, but it is a basic truth. It's uh, uh, it's uh, there is. I mean, the the uh, the autumn people. Uh, do carry a kind of a, a historic trauma as a result of having their water actually uh, siphoned off by the whites around them. Uh, and uh, so, in, in fact, the generation before Ira uh, went through a, a, a terrible famine that was uh, on the reservation. Uh, livestock died, older people died, uh, young people died. And uh, as a result of of uh, the inability to raise their crops because there was no water. And then the drinking, Tom, is that true? Uh, uh, cash, the cash song goes, then Ira started drinking hard. Jail was often his home. Yeah. Uh, is that true? But to a certain extent. I, I, I tried to explain this in the book. Um, mostly he was working... Uh, 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 as a as an agricultural kind of uh, he, you know he picked cotton he picked uh, you know and and, uh, and and this kind of stuff Main, mainly kind of farm or rural labor uh, he had other jobs and this said equally equally difficult there the thing about it is is that he he matches a lot of the drinking that goes on 
with uh, these difficult kinds of jobs. He wasn't a real, you know, a, a, a hardcore alcoholic that needed it every day. But uh, in Arizona, and this is a kind of a kind of a, a part of the culture here, is that uh, you work hard all week, and then on Saturday you go out and and uh, and uh, have a few drinks. Uh, the other thing about it, too, is that every time he'd walk into a bar, there were a lot of people handing him or buying did, him. Did he, did he ever get married? Did he have children? No, he did not. And uh, then when, when did he die? In 1955, he was 32. So it's a tragically young death. And, and was it as a consequence of the, the, uh, the war or of uh, the drinking? Well, his... <laughs> A lot of a lot of stuff. I think uh, I think that he was uh, he definitely had uh, post traumatic stress. He was uh, uh, going from here to there, and he would he would uh, because of the uh, because of this kind of, of binge drinking that he was doing, he was arrested. But then again, of course, in Arizona, uh, you had a much higher arrest rate for uh, Mexican-Americans, Black-Americans, and Indians uh, simply because they're brown or black. And uh, indeed, one of, the, one of the places that they used to kind of a, kind of a, uh, a, uh, a place that they would uh, incarcerate, uh, incarcerate uh, uh, drunks, I guess, that would be, was a place they called uh, Camino, uh, Del, uh, de los winos, <laughs> if, that, if that's a, if that's even a word. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's in Spanish, and uh, the main thing is that it was a lot of Mexican labor and a lot of Indian labor who would go out and they would binge drink and they would be arrested, where white drunks would usually give up, be given a citation. So, uh, and then Ira being so notable and things, it got to be a, I think it got to be a, well, uh, uh, he, he got to be noticed more and, uh, he was, he was arrested in a span of nine, uh, maybe 10 years in a span since the, since the war up until his death, he was arrested, uh, 50 times. And, wow. and so you, you, the subtitle of your book is about the price of heroism. Do you see all this as quite literally its price? Was there something inevitable, unavoidable almost about his tragic fate after the war, given, I, given his visibility and his weird fame? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, uh, uh, I think that anybody who has been in a combat zone will suffer from some sort of trauma what you see in those in in those areas are you see dead bodies you see destruction of things you see uh the uh, you know uh, kind of things that are just uh horribly horribly even the wounded are horrible often horribly disfigured uh, then you have to come in contact with people or with with dead people who you know, just, you know, minutes you were sitting there talking to. So that kind of trauma, I would say, uh, combined with uh, 
uh, with the, the historical trauma that his people suffered uh, and the drinking and the being arrested time after time after time. And then uh, I, I kind of made a note in the book saying that, that I, often, I often think that, that in, in some ways uh, Ira, uh, Ira seemed to, uh, I don't know, in, many, in some ways he beat the odds because uh, he had uh, brothers and sisters who died. Uh, one or I think two of them died when they were children. And then another two, I believe it was two, uh, who died in their 20s. And so his siblings were, except for one guy, were uh, almost all dead by the time he was yeah it's it's so depressing so when you look at the wikipedia entry for his people for these river people the pima he's actually the the central figure in the photographs and nine photographs how is he remembered by his people oh uh gosh he's 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 revered um and uh there's uh, uh, there are celebrations uh, of his uh, of his life. Uh, the uh, the local churches has memorials and and in Sacaton they have a veterans uh, uh, a veterans uh, uh, kind of square uh, in in uh, and Iris uh, statue is there uh, as well as another guy by the name of Matthew Wan who was the first uh, person from Arizona to die in World War One, or he was killed in World War One. What's become of these people? I have to admit, I, I'd never heard of them before. Are they still? Oh. Um, are they still the distinct people? And oh yes, yeah, yeah. The the reservation. The, there are two actual reservations on which the uh, Akimau Atum uh, live, and they are uh, they're that's the they're the river people. And uh, they're uh, they're on the Salt River and uh, the uh, uh, and the Gila River. Uh, they're joined there by uh, what were called the uh, the Maricopa, but they were the Pipash uh, group. And uh, uh, so they were, yeah, yeah, they they were uh, uh, both of them were on the uh, on the reservation. You uh, you yourself have two things in common with with Ira. One, you're a you're a, a Marine Corps veteran, yep. and you're also uh, an enrolled citizen of the Cherokee Nation. So you have a that there is a strong personal element here. You clearly feel his story. Yeah, I it it's, uh, it was it was kind of it was well it was pretty difficult in in many ways to kind of uh, keep a. Uh, I suppose a scholarly objectivity, uh, but uh, you know it, it uh, was difficult. But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have turned it down uh, for anything. I I, uh, uh, I wanted to I wanted to write his story for years and years and years. Well, it's an honor for you and an honor for him to have you write it. Finally, um, Tom, still a great deal of perhaps misrepresentation of heroism in the war. Here we have an image of the, uh, the, the image of the taking of Iwo Jima, I think a Darlington Memorial, uncommon valor was a common virtue. 
In your experience, both as a former Marine and as a professor of history and also as a member of the Cherokee Nation, what should America be doing now to be more honest about representing a soldier's experience in war? Oh, well, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of of uh, a lot of things I think that should have been done. I think that the uh, uh, the Veterans Administration could certainly be more receptive to uh, to uh, these kinds of things. Uh, it uh, had has turned out to be one of the uh, the biggest and uh, most frustrating. Let me put that way most frustrating bureaucracies that I've had ever had anything uh, to do with. And uh, I've talked to many, many veterans and they, they'll say the same thing uh, that uh, it is, it is difficult to, uh, uh, I mean, the steps and the forms and the, and, and the whole thing just to get uh, some of the things that are outlined in, in, uh, in law and, uh, just for an example, I, I, uh, in uh, the new PACT Act, uh, in Section Four, uh, they have a descriptive uh, called uh, the presumed location, if you are in a combat zone or something like that, and uh, uh, then it, it, you're you're presumed to have caught something, <laughs> like, and in this case, they put in the PACT Act, they they put in hypertension. Well, I have hypertension. I've applied for uh, compensation, and after uh, it's been a long time, let me put it that way, uh, they came back and finally said, "No, you get zero." Uh, and I, without ex without an explanation. So it's you know it's dealing with this kind of stuff. That, and I wonder whether there's also the element of perhaps being a bit more honest about heroism, as you suggested. Um... Ira Hayes was an accidental figure in history, managed to get into this photo by accident and then became famous through accident, the deaths of others. Mm -hmm. Should Americans be a little bit more honest about this ideal of heroism in war? I mean, obviously there are some very brave figures, but the notion of, of, of venerating heroes, is that something that we perhaps should get beyond? I, yeah, well, in some in some ways, I I think that what Americans have lost, I'm talking about general generally, have lost the the, the ceremonies and the the ability to cross over from war and peace. Uh, these that's that's one thing that we still have in among uh, many tribes is are these traditions. Uh, by which veterans of this kind of these kinds of trauma or chaos or whatever are brought back into the society. So there, so there's actually you know kind of crossover uh, places uh, that you that you go from uh, peace to war to war to peace, and and these sorts of things. Uh, the the Akmal Otham, for instance, uh, when when you were on the battlefield. Uh, it was recognized that you were going to have seen uh, uh, death and you were going to have seen uh, chaos. So you had to be ceremonially brought back. And uh, for the uh, for the Akhmel Altam, it was a six days, 16 day ceremony. Mm -hmm. 
and cleansing and, and lustration uh, to do this. Uh, I can't think of anything uh, that that Americans do like that. Uh, I'm always get I'm always talking to people in this. Uh, you know, people that come up there and say thank you for your service. And and one guy told me he says he says they want to thank me for what the hell I did over there. Really? And I said, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's the way to, you know, uh, I don't know, is that the way to honor you for, for, uh, for the, uh, for the good luck of getting out of there alive? Mm. Well, I'm going to ceremoniously end this with a little okay. bit of Johnny Cash. Um, <laughs> thank you again. Right. Yes, Congratulations sir. Congratulations on the book. Important thank new you. book. Everyone should read it. Thank you. Very, very much. I appreciate it. Phoenix Valley in Arizona land. 